You're listening to the Slutpreneur Podcast, a place for sluts who like to make money. I'm your host, Anna D, aka the professional goddess. On my show, we embrace the uncensored stories of being a self-made slutpreneur. As a stripper turned CEO, I reveal all my juicy trade secrets and share interviews with other female bosses who capitalize on their entire existence. From breaking stigmas in the female business world to challenging norms in the adult industry, we'll tackle it all in six-inch stilettos, of course. Now it's time to dive deep into the journey of self-empowerment, owning our sexuality, and by each episode, we will earn our PhDs in CE poetry. I'm honored to have you here, and it's my privilege to kickstart the show. I fucking completed... 75 days of good habits. If you follow me on Instagram at Miss Mothership, you can go see the before and after day one versus day 75 of how my body looks. But I want to preface this with this is not a diet challenge. This is not a weight challenge. This is a mental toughness challenge. This challenge is all about creating good habits. And I think every slut that listens to the show can benefit from stopping bad habits and starting good habits. So if you are having an inkling of just wanting to better yourself a little bit, this episode is just for you. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I... I'm glowing. I'm fucking glowing. And I deserve to glow because I just did 75 days of really hard shit. (laughs) I recorded a podcast episode a few weeks ago, 75 days ago, of the rules of this challenge. So I'm going to quickly go over them. So you guys just listening to this episode may not understand what the fuck's happening. But for 75 consecutive days, the participants must do the following each day. One is follow a diet. Two is complete two 45-minute workouts, one of them being outdoors, taking a daily progress picture, drinking a gallon of water daily, and reading 10 pages of a nonfiction book, audiobooks not allowed. So the guy that created 75 Hard, his name is Andy Frisella. He has a YouTube channel, a podcast. He wrote a 75 Hard book. This is kind of one of those like fads that you might have heard of. People, you know, juicing up how they did or didn't do the challenge. But the thing is, I don't want anyone to feel like they are less than by not having healthy habits. Because here's the thing. I had no healthy habits. I had little self-control. And back in December, I hit my my rock bottom. I silently struggle. And a lot of you listening will never have any idea when I'm recording episode in an episode on a day that I'm really struggling. Even the past month when Noodles passed away, my dog, I had to record an episode like the next day. I had to interview someone and I'm always the type to show up and I will cry and wallow and grieve and do whatever I have to do. But once recording time comes, it's like, suck it up, buttercup, business is here and who's paying the bills kind of thing. So back in December, I was struggling with chronic alcohol consumption, dehydration. I was binging junk food at night and between the lack of eating in the day or 
you know, drinking too much, I would sometimes make myself throw up and I had irregular sleep, really unhealthy self-talk. And this was all making me age really fast. Now, not only that, but I had been vaping for almost a year and I just couldn't fucking get out of bed in the morning. I would work for like two or three hours in bed on my phone. By noon, I was just a ghost of myself walking around, going from project to project, procrastinating, just not being diligent with a routine. I was not only letting myself down, but I was letting others down. I didn't have any energy to give to a social life or to self-care. And I just find when I'm struggling, I self-sabotage. I don't know if that's a Scorpio thing or a way I seeked attention as a kid, but I'm about to be 30 this year. That's been weighing on me and part of me had just really given up. Now, a little backstory. I am five feet tall. I've always been like 120 pounds in high school. So I know I have a different privileged view on the world, but I always was into sports or, you know, was at the strip club and I've retained an athletic build for a long time. So I feel like when we all go through that second puberty in our 20s and our body significantly changes, it has a profound effect on us. Whether you're 100 pounds, 200 pounds, we all still struggle with those feelings and our image. But I I do want to say, even if you look at my day one, that looks like a healthy person, but she is not happy and she's not healthy on the inside. I got my blood work done in December because I was so worried that I had alcohol poisoning or my liver was not going to be okay for the next 10 years that I may not even have a choice to stop drinking, but I'd have to because I would just fucking die. And that's just the truth. And yeah, my blood work definitely was on the same page with me. My liver was over processing bad things. I was dehydrated. My vitamin D was down. My zinc was down. Uh, My cholesterol was high. All these things that if you compare it to all my previous blood work, it was like, whoa, what happened? Now I'm I'm a competitive person. I'm a someone who can see that and go, okay, my rock bottom is going to be my trampoline. Like something's got to change. And I was telling my friend about this and she just mentioned like, have you heard of the 75 hard challenge? We should do it. And my intuition was just like, yeah, whatever it is, if it's going to get me to stop drinking, let's do it. And I could use a little accountability partner. I had also seen that Tana Mojo (laughs) was doing the 75 hard challenge at the time. And I know she is a shit show. So I was like, if she can do it, I can do it. (laughs) No shade, Tana. No shade. Super proud of what you did during your challenge. So yeah, I didn't realize I would actually be saving my life staying sober for 75 days. And oh, I didn't even did I even mention that at the beginning? Uh, You can't drink alcohol. You cannot drink alcohol. Sorry about that, guys. So I learned how to face things head on being sober. I was like, holy shit. I, You guys, I knew the trauma wave was going to come like a fucking tsunami. <laughs> oh, my God. I knew I was going to have to lift the rug up in my mind and sweep out everything underneath it because 
we all know that's what alcohol does. It numbs you. And I had been going through some shit, particularly with an attack that happened in my home. I It's something I won't probably ever talk about, but some post-traumatic stress from that, an abundant amount of loss, losing my warehouse, losing employees, losing people I thought were my best friends. And All of this was triggering abandonment issues from childhood when my dad just walked out on our family. So I was drinking heavily in crisis management mode. And I knew I was like, oh, she's about to get sober. And it's going to be like a car crash of trauma, trauma bombs everywhere. It's raining trauma bombs. (laughs) I'm laughing about it now, but that's just me trying to sugarcoat the, the truth. So as much as a fitness challenge, people think this is like, oh, the workouts and the diet, just maintaining all of this every single day makes it a mental toughness challenge. You have to delegate your day. Now you're talking to a a multi-entrepreneur business owner here. How the fuck is she going to work out twice a day, fucking meal prep and cook her fresh food? So I I had to delegate because I typically am working like it feels like 10 to 12 hour days. And how was I supposed to get all this stuff in every day for 75 days? all the while running multiple businesses after I had just lost my whole team and having to reconstruct so much. So that is ultimately the hardest part. Just an example, there was a day where I drove up to see my grandma who has Parkinson's and I knew I was like, shit, I need to do this now. I don't, I don't know how much time I have left. And it was a six hour drive. (laughs) So I had to drive six hours there, have lunch, drive six hours back. I literally woke up at the crack of dawn and was driving through the night. And I had to figure out how to do a 45 minute workout before I left and how to drink a gallon of water that whole day without stopping in the you know, while I was driving, I literally bought this like pee device so I could pull over and pee in a bottle. I'm not joking. And that morning while I did my walk in the morning, I was reading my 10 pages of the book while I was walking. And then when I got home, I sucked it up and did 45 minutes of yoga and I didn't drink that day. So I got in everything, even on a day where it was like, eh, this would be a good day to fail. This would be a good day to cheat. And even when we ate lunch, I had a dairy-free diet at the time. I'll get in, into more about the diet. And I know diet's not a word that is not accepted very much now. So I don't and I'll discuss that more later, but I'm I'm just using that term as like the, the food I was eating. But even when we had lunch that day, pretty much everything there had dairy in it. So I prepped and I brought a fucking bag of almonds with me. I probably ate almonds that whole day. <laughs> um and have one of the ch- one of the things is that a workout has to be outside. So there were days where it was raining the entire day. So I, I walked with an umbrella. It wasn't that big of a deal until the day it was like monsooning on me and I did not have an umbrella, but it built so much character for me. Uh, I did it in the scorching heat. Obviously, this challenge can be a little controversial because people are like, you shouldn't be working out outside if there's a tornado. And it's like, okay, decide to not do it that day and start the seven 75 days over again, or be mindful, like put a treadmill out on the porch, 
like, don't be stupid. Don't fucking hurt yourself. And there were times where I pushed myself a little too hard. So if you do decide to do this challenge, I'm going to tell you about that as well. So yeah, this is definitely mental toughness. I learned to say no. I've it's the past five years. I've been trying to say no more because I am a recovering people pleaser, but I still find myself feeling really guilty about things. But this challenge gave me a little leeway to say like, sorry, I can't go. I have to get in my second workout and you know, I'm not comfortable being in a drinking environment. So it made it a lot easier to say no to things because this was my priority. And I remember a friend getting a little, you know, disappointed in me saying, oh, well, we can just do the workouts back to back. But the rules say, you know, you have to have a window in between the workouts. And it really sucked for me that day, too, because I wanted to get up and do the thing. But I knew that it was just going to feel that much sweeter if I did this for myself. So let's talk about the water. Drinking a gallon a day is honestly the hardest was the hardest thing about this challenge for me. I ended up transitioning to half gallon a day after talking to a nutritionist because the first three to four weeks I kept getting dizzy and that was a sign of overhydration and your kidneys can go in shock and you'll be sent to the ER if you drink too much water. Y'all know it is hot as fuck right now. And I even saw like kids on TikTok who were in the ER from overhydration. So listen to your body, feeling dizzy, having headaches. That's a sign of overhydration. So you definitely want to put some Himalayan salt or electrolytes into your water. And if you're on the 75 hard Reddit thread, you'll see there's some diehard 75 harders on there that say if you're adding electrolytes to the water, it's no longer raw organic water. And you just have to pick and choose your battles, guys. So I was drinking water till I got dizzy and was literally about to throw up water if I didn't chug it before I went to bed. So I made the decision. I said, you know, this is a challenge for me in itself to not kill myself with this water. So we are not going to feel like a failure, even though I did for a week or so. But I just lowered my water intake and I felt so much more productive when I did. So I'm going to admit that I did change that thing about the challenge. So some people might say I didn't really do the whole thing, but I did the damn thing, y'all. I got up and I peed all night, (laughs) but then I learned to drink way more water in the morning. And I also found some really great water bottles on Amazon that I enjoyed, some glass ones with little indicators of what time it was. So it helped me drink. But I declined drinks at social events. I declined cheat meals. All of these were tests that I had such high anxiety about before I'd go. But once I got there, bartenders were making me mocktails. I found my personality, like personality-ing even more. You know, I didn't really want to dance on the tables at these events, but that was okay. It was kind of fun to sit back and watch other people get a little loosey-goosey. But being sober and waking up and not having any anxiety about what I did or said because being the slut who sells dildos and sells weird things on the internet, I'm typically an interesting character at social events, but I found myself talking about other things that I really enjoyed because there's a lot of other layers in me that I want to share with my friends, not just the surface stuff. But when Noodles passed away, that was definitely one of the most difficult days of this challenge. And it was really hard. Even the day we got him euthanized at our house. I knew I had (laughs) two workouts to do 
And I didn't even want to eat that day. It was really tough. And I thought, you know, noodles just always wanted to make me happy. And he would want me to keep doing this challenge. It's definitely hard to not drink that day. But I'm going to tell you this with every ounce of me with no hesitation that for the three days I wanted to drink when he passed, after I got through them, my healing was in like supersonic mode. I literally, a week after he passed, I felt so so guilty that I wasn't drowning in depression. Obviously, when an older dog passes very peacefully, it takes a weight off your shoulders because it is. it was so stressful the last three years. We never knew when he would just break his hip or, you know, go into kidney failure. So there was a relief there, but I felt I just was, like I said, I was glowing. I was taking my walks with the dogs I still have and we were thinking about noodles and I just, I felt like it really helped progress my healing because I wasn't covering it up with alcohol. So I didn't turn to the bottle and give up. I faced my shit. I grieved. I healed with all of my heart. I felt like my heart was doing back bends. It was stretching and expanding so much. But there was no more numbing, no more victimizing myself, no more, oh, I don't have time to do this. None of that. I set my alarm. I gripped my teeth every morning and I kept going. I delegated my days around this challenge. I found myself saying no to anything that did not serve me. And even with three to four hours a day going to this challenge, I still managed to run my businesses. There's truly no excuse I mean, there were mornings where I felt like the sunshine was heroin in my blood. The vitamin D I was getting was some vitamin dopamine, bitch. I mean, I was... I was thinking, man, if I if my therapist had just pre- prescribed exercise and sunshine, I, it could have prevented a whole lot, y'all. So the food I was eating gave me way more energy than I remember. This was so night and day from December. I started with a dairy-free diet because I wanted something simple. And same with my workout routine. I started with just walking, yoga Pilates, a little hot yoga thrown in there because I didn't want to get so sore that I wouldn't be able to work out the next day. I mean, you're talking 75 days of working out twice a day with no rest days. So the workouts can be light. You can walk those two workouts every day. So in the morning, walking the dogs was fantastic. My dogs loved it. I feel so guilty for not walking my dogs as much as I do now because they are, their personalities are even bigger now because they are, I mean, a what do they say? A a tired dog is a happy dog. You know, it's so great wearing them out. But getting that sunshine in the morning, I was like, holy shit, I worked really hard to buy this house in an equestrian neighborhood. Like this neighborhood is gorgeous. The grass is green. The sky is blue. There are trees everywhere, birds everywhere. And I'm not appreciating this. So I really, really got in touch with my gratitude. So my cholesterol did lower. I got my blood work back uh, the last week of this challenge. My cholesterol lowered. My liver was not overfunctioning. I was a little overhydrated, but I anticipated that. And my gut health changed drastically. If you look at these before and after photos, it looks like there was a balloon in my belly. And I'm kind of one of those people who always feels bloated. So part of the reason I chose the dairy-free diet is because going dairy-free kind of resets your gut. So I can tell a huge difference. I even got cool sculpting done on my lower belly because I was like getting to a point a few years ago, like I'm just always bloated. What's going on? But diet plays a huge effect into that. So 
midway into this challenge, I'd say I had 35 days left. I decided to change my diet and you can change it as long as you stick to a diet. I decided to do low carb, low sugar. I didn't do keto or anything where it's like no carbs, no sugar, because that can be really aggressive on yourself. And again, we're trying to play it light and cool. Um, So I decided to do low carb, low sugar. There was no bread. There was no pasta and no rice in the house. And I got rid of all the sweets. And I just know after doing keto once that this type of food regimen would really show results for me because I was not losing any weight and I was getting a little discouraged because so many 75 harders like you lose 50 pounds, 100 pounds. And here I am, you know, I started at like 131, but I wanted to like, you know, at least lose five pounds. I knew I could do it. And I was building muscle a little bit. So I was like fluctuating between the five pound range. So I was like, you know what, let's go hard. I, I have the energy to do it. Let's do the low carb, low sugar. Um, so I was getting more energy through good fats, you know, like avocados, nuts. And a lot of my meals were catered around like a meat and a veggie. So I was feeling like I had even more energy because I will admit the dairy-free diet's extremely hard. I don't know how you guys do it. Just shopping alone took twice as long to shop reading labels. And I found myself gravitating to treats that I could find that were dairy-free because I have such a sweet tooth. So I was on the couch eating, you know, these vegan ice creams and gelatos that had so much sugar in them. And I was like, this isn't really going to help my before and after. And we were getting closer to the end of the challenge. And I was like, I want, I want to do this. I'm, I'm ready to elevate the hardness of this. Um, so my personality started to really shine through with all this energy. I wasn't having to drink to find it. I remember going to my neighbor's house. You know, they're in their like 60s, I think, and they used to be restaurant owners. And they invited us over for dinner. And I was so nervous because I wanted to drink red wine so bad, like eating this like international food they were cooking. So I was a little like sad baby about it, but I found found myself at the table, like initiating and starting conversations, being more, um, what do you call active listening. And by the end of the night, I had so much fun and I didn't feel like shit the next day. I didn't say anything I regretted that my neighbors would know. You know, they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, how do I say this in the most professional way that I'm not a slut? But I also really started to see who my real support system was. There were friends that were kind of downplaying that I could even finish this or supporting it. I gravitated more towards sober friends because I wanted to do activities like, you know, walking on the beach, doing pottery or art artsy things that didn't involve alcohol. So I found newfound friendships and kind of gravitated away towards people that didn't align with my habits. But I will say at the beginning, I was kind of so hyper fixated on being sober that I didn't realize I was probably putting down people who were struggling with alcohol. So to this day, I want to say like, if you have a positive relationship with alcohol, and you can handle yourself having just one drink or just having them on the weekends, like I admire you so much. And I'm never going to shame you or exile you. I wish I had that much self discipline. But it is I, I just can't have one. I mean, I'll tell you what I've done since the challenge, but we'll get there. But this comeback was personal. This comeback was an apology to myself for putting up with shit I didn't deserve, treating myself like shit. 
And I truly declared my workaholism and my alcoholism such a deadly combination. I thought if I can't dedicate 75 days of doing good things to myself, I probably need to consider rehab. I mean, how profound this challenge is. It's such a treat to yourself. There's so much in this, especially with the water thing. Your skin's going to clear up. Your hair's going to be silkier. You'll fall back in love with reading. Granted, just reading 10 pages a day, it took me an hour to do it first. I was like, wow, I can't concentrate. Uh, but once you get into the habit of it, and it's it's so incredible. The books I read were amazing. Atomic Habits really reinforced me to not drink and to not vape. Uh, Chained to the Desk, it's a, a guidebook for workaholics. It taught me that I have workaholism from trauma and childhood. I work to feel worthy. I am accomplishment driven to please others. So I learned how to reverse some of those nasty habits that I have because I feel safe when I'm working because I can control the narrative there. Learned a lot about that. I still haven't finished if I could do anything, if only I knew what it was. In that workbook, I've been taking a little more time reading, but y'all, I'm kind of exploring some other projects, some other things I have suppressed. I have been on the fast track going nowhere with businesses that I fell into that I never even made business plans for. Like some of the goals that people think I may have, like they never were even manifested. They just happened. And people will say that I look successful, but I never felt successful. So that book has been really good in finding what you want to do with your life. And if you feel like you're not in the right place, like how to get out of it or how to make your work work for you. So I learned about really strategizing my mornings to set myself up for a successful day. Don't let spring cleaning fool you. There's always space to add a little extra something in the bedroom. And it's no secret that consuming a little THC can help set the mood. However, getting that right strain and dosage can be difficult. That's why we're thankful for today's sponsor, Via. Vaya has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. We're talking about pairing aphrodisiac herbs with a mild amount of THC. Their best-selling High Love gummy will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. Vaya also offers a wide array of other gummies with and without THC. And the best part, Via legally ships to all 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. No medical card required. So if you're 21 and up, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning dreams, THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code. Try Via Hemp with code goddess at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. So when I take out a new toy from my collection and I'm having some, you know, self-love time, I like to really elevate the mood with high love. When I'm getting aroused, my blood flow is already peaking and the gummies just totally enhance my sensations to the next level. Sometimes after a long day of work, it's just hard to relax, especially if I can't mentally get there. And I feel like us girlies really need to mentally stimulate ourselves when we're trying to orgasm. So personally, chewing a little gummy like high love sets me in such a mellow, relaxed, 
relaxed mood that I can actually focus and enjoy myself and have a well-deserved experience. I also really like that the products range from two milligrams to 50 milligrams. Look, I always share my party favors with my friends and some of them just can't hang all the way sometimes. So I like the low dose so that they can still get a mild effect, especially if you or their body just isn't really accustomed to the ingredients just yet. So I love that you can kind of microdose or enjoy more of the potent effects. So let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use code goddess to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dreams gummies. 21 and up only. And that is viahemp.com, V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com and use code goddess at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. Now back to the show. I really found that if I set my workout clothes out, had my book next to my bed, put my phone in the kitchen, that I could do so much more in an hour in the morning that typically would take me like three or four hours. So setting up my mornings, I learned to to just knock out my days. Y'all, I, I was getting so much done even with having to do this challenge. And the, again, the dopamine from all that working out was phenomenal. And towards the end, I did a little more weights. I did a little more hot yoga. So I toned up my body incredibly. Now, I posted this on Instagram. This is one of my most followed and liked Instagram posts, uh, over 8,000 likes, over 500 comments. And I am kind of upset with myself because I let two comments really hurt me the day I posted this. This day 75 was supposed to be such a celebratory day. And it was. um, But there was someone who thought posting my body was harmful to people who have body issues. And you're kind of talking to someone who has body issues. And if your body issues are that detrimental, I don't think you should be on social media because all it's going to do is trigger you. Um, It really taught me that I need to encourage myself and others to post content for themselves. Like, Don't post stuff just to please other people. And obviously, I shouldn't have to say, like, put trigger warnings where you feel they're valid. Like, I'm never going to post a battered dog story without a trigger warning because I know all too well that if I see a hurting animal, I will start bawling up and sobbing. So take that as you will. But I felt like someone was discrediting all my hard work after I was so proud to show off my results. And I don't think there is anything wrong with encouraging a healthy lifestyle. Now, um, I did want to bring up the diet thing. I apologize if anyone misconstrued that word as something harmful. I I didn't mean it as in the show in a way to um, say that you should be restricting yourself or starving yourself. It I was just expressing changing one type of food to another. And if if you're an influencer, if you're someone who speaks their mind on the internet, this is just something in the new age. I feel like more recently seeing other influencers getting canceled, you you kind of have to be very careful about what you do and say. And sometimes it's to a fault. People are so careful that it makes them look like they're trying to... <laughs> 
to um, overly explain something that shouldn't have to be overly explained. And if you're still listening to this episode, I I feel like you're here for the healthy habits. So I'm not going to fret or stress too much about it. Um, So yeah, I am so happy I did this. This is one of those challenges that feels like you climbed Mount Everest. And within your whole lifetime, you can reference this point and say, oh, I can take a week off drinking. I've done three months no drinking before, no problem. Now day 76. Yeah, I wanted a fucking drink. My dog had just died. I wanted a little stress reliever. (laughs) And I had just done this goddamn challenge. So that morning, I had a shot of tequila. That morning, I had a delicious cream filled croissant with ice cream. And that afternoon, I was shitting my pants. I was having hot flashes and my body thought it was poisoning itself. So yeah, that's what happened day 76 when I attempted to celebrate. I went out with a friend, had had uh, one cocktail at um, a tequila bar, and then I had a cocktail with dinner. I was taking it really slow. I was drinking water and tr- passed out 10 o'clock p.m. in bed, slept till noon, woke up groggy as all hell, slept all day. Even the next day, I was still tired. I was like, what is going on? And that's another thing that you know no one really talks about. When the challenge is over, you kind of have to ease yourself back into cheat meals or drinking if, if you decide to because your body will be like, what the fuck? We were running on gold and you just put tar in our system. Like we, You're going to be shitting all day. Yeah, that's right. You go shit, girl. (laughs) And, you know, I had family coming to town that week. It was my dad's birthday. Um, So many things were happening. And it was just interesting, you know, because I was like, I want to taste what wine tastes like again and yada, yada. And every time I did this, I found myself napping all day or the next day sleeping till noon. So I got that week out of my system, you guys. And today is Monday. And I was like, fuck this. I can do hard things. I had hot yoga at 7.30 this morning. But I woke up at 6.30. I drank my green juice. I went to the gym. I got back. I had some avocado toast. I read a little bit of my book. I came up here, cleaned my office, wrote some scripts for podcast episodes, recorded some ads, did some Amazon videos, talked to a friend, uh, did customer service emails. Like I was plowing through it. And it's three o'clock right now. And I still, you know, I can walk the dogs, I can plan dinner. And I might even cut it off at five and watch a movie and just hang out and have some kombucha, bitch. And I feel so good. I feel so, 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 so good. So this is going to be a sober week for me. I'm going to start taking it week by week. I will continue to incorporate the low carb, low sugar diet. Because the day I was having hot flashes really kind of scared me. And just looking at carbs like was making me nauseous. So I'm going to stick to that for a while and going to continue a quarter to a half gallon a day. My skin really likes that. And we're going to keep doing that. The walking with the dogs is a daily thing, not 45 minutes long, but that's daily. And I really, I really love hot yoga. I'm going to try to stick with it twice a week and a little bit of weights here and there. The reading is essential. I definitely would love to dive into a fiction book. I think that would be really fun and to get away from all this, you know, sacred amount of self-help for a little bit. And the drinking, if I have 
if I even have a sign that I can't control myself, um, I'm going to have another another revisitation if staying sober for life is for me. But right now, I feel like I can definitely, and I did, when even when I had family come into town, I said, I'm going to have one drink at dinner. And I just had one drink. So being able to revisit my relationship with alcohol and do what I fucking say has felt really empowering. Uh, I have made a decision not to have alcohol in the house because if it is, I just it's like a nagging in my head, like have a drink, have a drink. So I've stocked my fridges with, you know, new kombuchas and teas that I've learned to love. I didn't even like kombucha before this challenge, but kombucha actually zings in your throat how alcohol does and getting some herbs at the store like basil, mint, some lemon and making these mocktails has been kind of a creative expression in a way. So that's been fun. Just being mindful and diligent about my days, planning them the night before, and using every chance I get to share this realization that I went through to people that I feel like may be hanging on to a thread and they are just wanting a sign. Like, I want to be that sign for some people without ever pushing anything too aggressively. So, if you listened this far, thank you. This is such a personal episode for me. I'm going to keep on keeping on, but I, I want want to be alive. I want my 30s to be the best years of my life because apparently they are. Like your 20s, you're just discovering yourself and your 30s, you're figuring out how to put up with yourself. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, if you have any other questions or interest in this challenge, I will link some more information in the show notes and be good, you guys. Health is wealth. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Slutpreneur Podcast. If you want to keep the show going and growing, make sure to leave a five-star review. Shop my merch and eBooks at professionalgoddess.com. Make sure to use code SLUT at checkout for a little surprise. My book, Slutpreneur Secrets, is now available on Amazon. Have a question, episode request, or want to be a guest on the show? Email my team via management at professionalgoddess.com. And lastly, if you want to get all up inside me, subscribe to my premium content on OnlyFans at professionalslut.com. All these links and other socials will be in the show notes of the episode. But most importantly, thank you for subscribing to the show and I will talk to you next week. Bye, sluts.